Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for footballoutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. I'm actually recording this early afternoon on New Year's Eve. I'm going to try to sneak in a short episode today so I can enjoy the holiday a little bit, uh, such that you can this year. But hey, 2021, New Year. Hopefully it'll go a little bit better. Uh, So today I'm going to do my Week 17 Plays podcast. Before I get there, let me share with you an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders, the innovators of modern football analytics, with the proprietary metrics you know and love, like DVOA and DYAR. Those metrics are used by teams, and they make great tools for fantasy players as well. So get the most out of your fantasy teams and DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25, which will save you 25% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide on all the Football Outsiders tools and statistics. Meanwhile, this, the podcast is also brought to you by Edge Sports. Trusted by Super Bowl champions and billion-dollar betting syndicates, only Edge Sports offers a fully customizable probability engine, interactive matchup models, and spread and over-under projections. Find your edge today with promo code FANTASY50, which will save you 50% off site-wide there. That's code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide on all of Edge Sports packages, EDJ Sports. Uh, to, to keep things on the briefer side of things, let me just go position by position. Really this week, uh, since week 17, a lot of teams kind of have their, their playoff implications sort of locked into place. There's a lot of players that you need to be avoiding this week beyond even just the obvious Patrick Mahomes is sitting, so you can't play him. Ben Roethlisberger is sitting, so you can't play him. There are other players in those types of boats that may play a little bit less even if they do start their games. So you're kind of trying to pick and choose your way around it, and it can be a little bit difficult. A quarterback, it's very difficult because you're losing some of those best options and some of the others have bad matchups. So really some of the best DFS options this week, such that they are, aren't really in great matchups. I mean, I would say Kyler Murray fits that boat. He's a shortfall of value in DraftKings, but a 950 surplus where he's only 7800 in FanDuel. I think that may be related to sort of his injury history, uh, recent track record, I guess. Uh, there's a couple things going on here. More, uh, more in the past... He suffered a shoulder injury that in weeks 11, 12, and 13 held him to just five carries per game. In the previous six games, he had eight or more carries, and in the three games since, he's had eight or more carries. But he ended up leaving week 16 with a leg injury, and while he's announced he's going to play this week, if he can't run, then that's going to be a major problem because you're facing off against the Rams and their number three DVOA pass defense. Uh, They cut passing yards per attempt by 13% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 36%. Both of those are the most in football. So Murray really only works in this spot if he can run and get a lot of his yards on the ground. If you want to take that risk, then I think he's a decent option there. It's also the case because John Walford is starting for the Rams that maybe the Rams won't be able to sustain as many drives on offense, which has kind of been a key to their success defensively in some respects. So I can see Murray having a good day. Uh, Another player who is at least motivated, Russell Wilson, another shortfall in DraftKings, but an $850 surplus in FanDuel where he's only $7,500. The 49ers may surprise you as being eighth in DVOA pass defense, a little bit better considering uh, they've lost a number of key defensive starters throughout most of the season. Uh, So this, this actually could be a pretty tough spot. They cut... Passing yards per attempt by 8%. That's seventh most in football. Uh, But they're closer to neutral in passing touchdown rate. So I think that maybe Wilson will be okay here. Still not a great option. Teddy Bridgewater, not a great option, but at least he's underpriced at 5,300 in DraftKings, 650 surplus there. There's not a lot of good options at quarterback there. Uh, The Saints are the number four DVOA pass defense, but this is at least in Carolina. uh, So you get the home start there. 
And the Saints are actually a slight booster of touchdowns per attempt at about 11%, ninth most in football. So that's something that kind of boosts his value a little bit more than the DVOA would on its own suspect. And then weirdly, one of the best values, Mitchell Trubisky, maybe not somebody you would want to rely on on DFS under normal circumstances, but he does have 11 combined touchdowns in five games since he took back over as the Bears starter. And he's facing the Packers, which are the number 14 DVOA pass defense, a little bit less scary than some of these other matchups. Plus, he's playing at home where he's averaged 3.3 more fantasy points per game than on the road since 2017. That's eighth highest among the current NFL starters. So he is maybe a bit of a money-saving option there. Although, to tell you the truth, with the lack of appealing options and good matchups this week at quarterback, this may be a good week to spend a little bit more than you should probably on a Deshaun Watson type in a good matchup and aim to save some money at other positions, in particular a running back, where I think there are a lot of players that are underpriced because of weird start-and-sit type of, of circumstances. Let's start there. I'll actually start with some guys that are a little bit more obvious. Jeff Wilson, 750 surplus in DraftKings at 6,000, 1250 in FanDuel at 6,300. He's had a 57.6% carry share the last two weeks. That's the ninth highest among running backs. Reem Mostert suffered a high ankle sprain. He'll miss uh, this week as well. And, and Wilson has really been sort of the dominant running back for the 49ers in his absence. He played 70% of the offensive snaps last week versus just 18% for Jarek McKinnon and 12% for Tevin Coleman. So I think it's a lot less of a workload split than you've come to think of the 49ers as being. I feel confident in Wilson in that respect. Now, the Seahawks actually are a good run defense, number 10 in DVOA there. But they're the number one or number 21 DVOA pass defense. And while you would expect them that the 49ers may throw the ball a little bit more, and I think they probably will, a bad pass defense is probably the best route for running backs to get rushing touchdowns, which is something that you can see in the Seahawks' uh, defensive factors, where they're a 28% booster of rushing touchdowns per carry, fifth highest in football, even though they cut run plays and cut rushing yards per attempt. So I think I feel pretty good about Wilson. This may rely a little bit on him scoring a touchdown, but I think there's a good bet that that happens against the Seahawks this week. Melvin Gordon, $550 surplus in DraftKings at $5,700, $250 in FanDuel at $6,800. Philip Lindsay is on injured reserve. And he's missed some time this this year, both in weeks two to five and then last week with his current injury. And in that time, Gordon has a 66.7% carry share that's fourth highest among running backs. So he's really pretty much a bell cow type of back when Lindsay's out, which puts him in a great spot here at home against the Raiders, maybe the best matchup of running backs in football. They're a top five booster at yards per carry at 12% and the number one booster of touchdowns per carry at 56%. So Gordon could have a massive week and is a good anchor to build your lineups around. And one more of the expensive sort, David Montgomery, $350 surplus at $7,700 in DraftKings, $100 surplus in FanDuel at $8,300. The prices are creeping up to catch up, but Montgomery's been incredibly effective of late. Uh, he's got 70 or more rushing yards in five straight weeks and seven touchdowns in five in that five game period. And really, I think this, you know, I think he's always been talented. He's always done well in, in like uh, tackles avoided, that type of metrics. But the Bears are up to 20th in adjusted line yards. They've shown a market improvement in their run blocking this season, I think has kind of motivated his recent run. And while matchups have definitely been involved in that uh, streak, the Packers, who they face this week, are 19th in DVOA run defense. So not very good and worse than than their pass defense. This may be a good opportunity for Montgomery to to have a good day. The Packers are a 24% booster of rushing touchdowns per attempt. So that's a good thing there, too, and a great matchup booster for running back yards per target and touchdowns per target, where Montgomery has actually kind of used that to catapult into top 10 status 
since they don't really have any other options at running back. The Bears have relied almost exclusively on Montgomery of late, and so I think he's a good value there. Okay, let's get into some of the value plays. I think Alexander Madison is a good one to start with. $400 surplus in DraftKings at $6,100, but he's only $5,000, which I believe is the minimum in FanDuel, so that's a more than $2,000 surplus there. This is a little bit of a risk. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you there. Uh, Madison had an appendectomy a little bit more than a month ago and suffered a concussion. Uh, so it's not a guarantee that he's going to play. And if he does, perhaps he'll be splitting some time with Mike Boone. But even if he splits a little bit, I think this matchup is just so great that he could work out for you in fantasy. He's facing off against the Lions. They're the number nine booster of yards per carry, number three booster of touchdowns per carry, number two booster of yards per target to running backs, and number one booster of touchdowns per target to running backs. Not only that, they also are a top five booster of run plays in general. So pretty much all of the signs here point to this being a tremendous matchup for whichever Vikings running back is going to play. We know it's not Dalvin Cook, who unfortunately will be missing the game because of a death in his family. So it's Madison or Mike Boone is probably going to be your bet here. Watch the news to see if you can figure this out. Ideally, honestly, Madison would be ruled out before the game and you would know you could ride Mike Boone. But if Madison plays, I'm going to assume that he's going to get more than 50% of the touches and that would make him a good value even in that share. Next up, Darren Boale. I think he's actually a little bit more obvious in the spot here with James Robinson ruled out this week. Robinson missed last week, and Ogunbowale took 17 of 22 running back touches for the Jaguars. So even though you're in a tough spot here on the road against the Colts, Colts are a really nice defense, and they're a cutter of yards per carry by 14%, fifth highest in football. I think just the overwhelming touch volume here is such that it makes him a value. I see him as a $1,600 value in DraftKings, where he's only 4500 So again, we're kind of butting up against the minimum here. And then Ty Montgomery for the Jets, kind of similar situation, more than a $1,000 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's just $4,300 and $5,000 in the platforms. Frank Gore is now on injured reserve. Michael Perrin is going to miss this game because he landed on the COVID list, too close to to the game for him to come off it. And the last time both of those players missed, Johnson took 24 touches versus eight for Josh Adams. So it's a pretty overwhelming split in his favor. Plus, it's actually a really good spot. I mean, the Patriots, they're the number 32 DVOA run defense. They're a 7% booster of yards per carry, kind of neutral in touchdowns per carry. But I think it's enough that the the workload is going to make Johnson a bit of a value here. And then Ito Smith, possibly an option. This is one where you'll need to to follow the news as well because Smith is dealing with a rib injury. Um, But Beyond the injury, I think it's pretty clear that he's taken over for Todd Gurley and even the the Falcons announced as such. Smith has had eight touches or more in five straight games. Um, but this is kind of a tough spot matchup-wise because the Bucks are the number one DVOA run defense and number one cutter of yards per carry and run plays in general. So you really need Smith to be healthy for him to kind of get the volume to make this work. But I could see that potentially happening. There's also the chance that the Bucks may end up resting players, even though the Bruce Arians says he won't. Uh, that's a possibility that could kind of lead to some garbage time production that maybe Smith could be a part of. So an option there, although I probably like him less than, say, Ty Johnson or even Alexander Madison. So you know, use that as a consideration. Moving on, we'll, we'll shift to wide receivers where I like Mike Williams a lot this week. $450 surplus in DraftKings at $5,250 at FanDuel at $5,900. He had 10 targets last week with Keenan Allen out, which I think shows you two things. One is that he's the number one receiver for the Chargers when Allen is out, which I think we knew, but also he's healthy now, which has been a question mark throughout much of his career and definitely, again, much of this season. Uh, But I feel good about him this week where he's the number one receiver facing off against the Chiefs team, another team that could be resting some of their starters, uh, which is actually kind of key here because they're actually normally a really tough matchup for opposing wide receivers. 
Part of that, I think, is really just that teams prioritize trying to run the ball against them from a strategic standpoint. But either way, I think Williams will get enough work here to, to have some fantasy value. Marvin Jones, I think I have a little bit more reservations about him, but I see him as more than a $1,000 surplus in DraftKings and FanDuel, assuming Matthew Stafford gets this start. That's really no given because he's dealing with an ankle injury now to couple with a thumb injury that he's been playing through of late. Um, it's been kind of a, a tough year for, for Stafford from an injury perspective. Last week after Stafford left, which is only after a handful of pass attempts, Jones was limited to three catches and 19 yards. So I think that goes to show you that you really don't want to use Jones if Stafford misses or even if he enters the game with compromised uh, ankle. But if Stafford plays and they give him the go-ahead, then I think this is a really nice matchup. Playing the Vikings, they're the, the number one booster of yards per target to number one receivers at 24%, and number two booster of touchdowns per target to number one receivers at 84%. So it could be a really nice day if, if all systems are go there. Looking for some value plays, Kendrick Bourne um, and potentially even Richie James. Good values for the 49ers here. Bourne in particular, 550 surplus in DraftKings. Brandon Ayuk is going to miss this game because of a high ankle sprain. And while George Kittle is back, someone I'll discuss in a little bit, Kendrick Bourne will be the number one receiver for the 49ers and could have value, especially if uh, the Seahawks are able to pull ahead in this game and force some more throws for the 49ers. And then Nicole Hardman. And a lot of this will be true for Demarcus Robinson, but Hardman five hundred dollars surplus in DraftKings at forty two hundred, two fifty at fifty three hundred in FanDuel. Again, I mentioned that Patrick Mahomes is going to sit, so this is Chad Henney at quarterback, and that does certainly lower the ceiling for a lot of these players. But I think Tyreek Hill is very likely to sit for a good portion, if not all, of this game. So that may turn Hardman into the number one receiver. Uh, Sammy Watkins is out because of an injury. So I think that just the the volume as the number one receiver will be such to support Hardman and fantasy, even though the efficiency would definitely go down with a different quarterback in there. Uh, so Hardman option there. And then Gabriel Davis, kind of a similar logic here. I see him as more than $1,000 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's only 3600 in DraftKings, more expensive in FanDuel at 52. But I think Stephon Diggs is probably a player that could sit. Sean McDermott hasn't really made this easy on us. He's not going to give us any indication what he plans to do. And so my guesswork in the projections is that, you know, Josh Allen's going to play probably 30% of the game, maybe a couple of drives and then sit out kind of like what used to happen a lot in preseason games for the starters. And I think Diggs will probably be somebody that sits out a lot of this game as well. Gabriel Davis would definitely be the player to step in for Diggs if that happened. Uh, John Brown could play, um, but I, I think Davis is probably going to be the guy that gets the garbage time work in this situation and, and could be a good value. Uh, although the Dolphins are a good defense, I think this is really just more about a workload consideration here. Josh Reynolds, uh, more than $1,000 surplus in DraftKings at just 3200 John Walford starting for Jared Goff, who was injured. This is an arresting situation. The Rams really need to win this game. But maybe I'm a little bit less concerned here than I would be in other situations where Goff is actually below average in passing DVOA this season. I hardly know anything about Walford, but uh, his step down is going to be a little bit less because his normal starter isn't as good as some of these other guys. So you feel good about that. And then Cooper Cup is going to miss this game being on the COVID reserve list as well. So I think that boosts Robert Woods and some of the secondary options. Josh Reynolds is probably the secondary one that I would be targeting here. Uh, the, the Cardinals actually haven't really been that great of a matchup for number two receivers. So again, this is another situation where I just think the volume bump is what's going to drive your consideration here. Um, but he's probably more of a tournament play than anything else. 
Okay, closing up with some tight ends. I mentioned I would get back to Kittle. I see Kittle as a great value in DraftKings at 750 at 6,000. Uh, FanDuel, he's closer to neutral at 6,800. But four catches and 92 yards on five targets in his return to action last week after missing much of the year with injuries. Uh, he only played 50% of the offensive snaps. So I would expect that to increase, maybe not all the way back to his normal levels because, again, the season's almost over and the 49ers are eliminated. Uh, but Kittle looked healthy, looked very explosive last week, so I'm feeling good about him. And when you have guys like Travis Kelsey who have their workloads threatened, there are just not a lot of great options at the position such that I think Kittle is somebody to maybe take the risk on. Uh, kind of a similar sort of risk scenario for TJ Hawkinson, although for different reasons. No concerns about Hawkinson, the player, but if Matthew Stafford sits, I'm a lot less inclined to go with this. But if Stafford does play, a more than a $500 surplus in both formats facing the Vikings are a really nice matchup for tight ends. They're the number one booster of yards per target to the position at 26%, although a slight decreaser of touchdowns per target on the season. Uh, Evan Ingram probably a little bit safer than, than either of those two guys, and uh, at least relative to price tag. He's 3700 in DraftKings and 5400 in FanDuel. But in a good matchup here at home against the Cowboys, uh, they're a booster of completion rate and touchdowns per target to the position, top 10 in both respects. And then Jordan Aikens might be more of a value play, just 3300 in DraftKings and 5000 in FanDuel. But I see him as more than a $500 surplus in each. He's really separated himself a little bit from Darren Fells. Like, I always thought this was more of an even split. But ever since Will Fuller had his suspension get started, Aikens has a 14.1% target share versus just 3% for Darren Fells. So pretty overwhelming there. Plus, you're at home in the Dome facing a Titans defense. It's a really great matchup. They're the number three booster of pass plays in general, but also with the number three booster of completion rate and yards per target of tight ends at 11% and 15% respectively. And they also boost touchdowns per target of tight ends at 17%. That's 10th highest of the position. So Aikens, really, in terms of value, if you need to save some money at tight end, I think is a good option. Although, again, this may be the week to save your money at running back and maybe receiver with some of those uh, weird situations and spend up a little bit at those positions where it's harder to find a good option. Okay, that's going to wrap up this episode and wrap up, I guess, the 2020 season of, uh, of the DFS Value Plays podcast on the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. But we're going to hit you with these throughout the playoffs, try to help you make your best daily fantasy decisions uh, through all of those weeks. So we'll catch you then. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And then otherwise, look forward to talking to you again in January. Mm-hmm.